And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the bodacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a Western episode of Fort Laramie, starring Raymond Burr from 1956. But first, it's Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Rodney must correctly answer more true or false questions about Olivia Newton-John than I... Lisa Wolf Hall is our moderator. Lisa, please say hello to Rodney. Hi, Rodney. Hi, Rodney. Hello, hello. How you doing? Uh, Good. Great. Glad How are you? you're with us. All right. All right. So we're going to do Olivia Newton-John. She was born in September 26th of 1948. So uh, she passed away recently on August 8th at the age of 73. So uh, uh, very, very sad. sad. And I know everyone was... Uh, you know, has happy memories of Olivia yeah. Newton-John. So. It's good to talk to you again, Rodney. How you doing out there in Georgia, my friend? All good? I'm doing good. Carl, how are you? I am great, buddy. I'm great. I played baseball today. I had played a double header today. I haven't played in five weeks because I had a pulled hamstring. But I went okay. out there and played today and actually didn't do horrible. <laughs> so he's tired and cranky tonight. So. Tired and cranky. <laughs> so what else is new? So, <laughs> so uh, I get the brunt of it. So let's uh, do Olivia Newton-John here. Boy, Rodney. thanks for painting that picture, Lisa. She just painted a, just a just, wonderful picture. Here. Well, uh, let's just be real here. So okay. anyways, these are uh, statements that are either true or false. Rodney, we'll start with you. Uh, all about Olivia Newton-John. Here's the first one. Sandy! Sandy! <laughs> At age 14, she formed the Crystals an all-girl musical group. Is that true or false? The Crystals. That sounds like it might be true. Mm. <sighs> She's tricky, Rodney. Very tricky. But I'm going to agree with Rodney on this. I think it is the Crystals. It is not the oh, Crystals. Gosh. I just made that up because it sounded real, doesn't it? Man, um, it's so <laughs> tricky. That, that's, that, that's like it gives me pleasure to come up yes, with things that sound real when you. they're not. Um, the it real doesn't answer, take much to make you happy, Lisa. No, it does not. No. <laughs> <laughs> the real answer is Soul 4. It's S-O-L and then F-O-U-R. Soul 4. Yes. Oh, I, like that wow. was her Sounds uh, like a short, superhero. Short, it does, though. A short-lived uh, all-girl group. All right. All right Carl, mm-hmm. uh, Olivia Newton-John originally wanted to become a detective. <laughs> is that true or false? No, that's false. That's false. Okay, Rodney? That's false. That's true. It's false. Oh. But she did want to become a veterinarian. Yes, for Carl. Which, it's for Rodney. 
All right. Uh, All right. It's okay. Rodney, I was trying to help you out there, man. <laughs> I was like, that's false, Rodney. Yeah, but you didn't know. No, you I didn't, didn't know. So you just say it like you do. Right. Rodney, she released her first solo album titled If Not For You in 1971. True or false? True. Sounds true. It is absolutely true. All right. If not for you. There we that go. That is great. Okay. Carl. Yeah. She was concerned that she was too old to play a high school senior for Greece because she was 28 during filming. That is absolutely true. True. Rodney, is he right? It sounds true to me, too. That is absolutely true. And then so she insisted on a screen test with John Travolta, yeah. which obviously worked and out really said, well. And then he said, Sandy! Sandy! Uh, Rodney, she reteamed with John Travolta in the 1985 film Perfect. Hmm. Is she in that perfect? I'm trying to think. False. Um, I don't think she's in that. I say I'll, I'm going to agree with Rodney. False. It is false. All right, uh, Rodney. She did reteam with John Travolta in the 1983 film Two of a Kind. Oh, I didn't even know that. So there you have it. Mm. Here's your final question, Carl. Oh boy. In 2019, mm-hmm. Julian's auction auctioned off her black skin-tight pants from Greece for $162,000. No, wasn't that much. Okay. I think it was like ten grand or something, so I'll say false. Rodney, final question. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. And you know who bought it for Here's that for price? Me. Here's for so Rodney. it's a tie. Yeah, we tied. Great job. So Sarah Blakely. Who's who Sarah the, Blakely? She's the founder of Spanx, which is a huge oh, company. Bought the pants really? from Greece you for one hundred sixty-two thousand dollars. You wear those, don't you? Yeah, I wear the. <laughs> yeah, I wear Olivia Newton-John no, skin tights. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we um, we'll get them as a sponsor since you wear them all the time. That's right. Yeah. I'm I like to hold it Rodney, all in. Rodney, we hold tied. We tied, buddy. We tied. Yeah, well, that was a good game, you guys. Yeah, way to go, Rodney. All right. All right, I'm going to send you a four CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas, Rodney. Thanks for calling. You're a Thank great you player. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. All right, Take buddy. Care. Have a good one. When we come back, it's Fort Laramie. They wore Spanx on on, (laughs) Fort Laramie. They did. (laughs) All right, we'll play that for you, so stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Wow, Lisa, you sound good on that commercial there. When did you record it? Um, When we... Uh, record our Radio Rarities podcast. Yeah, we did. Nice job. Thanks, Ron. Yours good. is um, that's why you get the big bucks. You know, that's why you make the big. I don't bucks believe I here. got paid for that. No, that's, that was a freebie. <laughs> I, no, I didn't say it was a freebie. I just said I didn't get Thanks, paid for Lisa, it. Thanks, Lisa. I appreciate you <laughs> voicing that. Pretty sure that was. Uh, oh my gosh, you're uh, so nice. Thank with, you with so gratitude. much. <laughs> appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Sound good on that. Maybe that, someday I'll make some money Memorex. off that. <laughs> Memorex. Sounds like Memorex there. Earn my keep. <laughs> All right. It's time for Fort Laramie. These are great broadcasts. You know, this show was only on one season. And the reason why, it came to the radio in 1956. What are you going to do? Radio was, as I say, making its, its way, way out. out. Yeah, TV was really taking over. I mean, people, in the late 40s, you know, TV started to become the newfangled thing, wow. you know. 
And by like 52, 53, 54, I mean, pretty much everyone was buying a television set. It was like, you don't have TV? Come on. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no. I heard okay. stories. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, so this, this radio show we're about to listen to was broadcast in 1956. So there was not a lot of people still listening to these dramatic radio shows, and it's such a shame. And that's why we do what we do. We, um, I spent 40 years licensing these shows. This particular episode I licensed from CBS. They own the show, and um, they paid for it, broadcast it, paid all the actors, including uh, Raymond Burr, who's the star of this program. And they own the show, and they license it to me, and now I'm broadcasting it for you. That's just the way it works, right, Lisa? So when you pay license fees, is it a, like a continual thing? It's not a one-time No, thing? yeah, no. It's it's every time, you know, it's through broadcast years, yeah. and through selling it. You know, mm-hmm. when we sell it, too, we pay a royalty as well. So, uh, But that's why we have the master recordings, because we work with the rights holders like CBS. So this broadcast is from May 27, 1956. Raymond Burr plays Captain Lee Quince of the Cavalry, the U.S. Cavalry. And uh, Fort Laramie was located across the North Platte River from the town of Laramie at the mouth of the Laramie River. And there was um, that's where we, you know, fought Indians and we, um, you know, kept the um you know kept the peace out there in the in the west that's the way it was we had our fort there and i think we still have a fort laramie there i i i i got have to look into that but i think we do so this is called sergeant gorse's baby here's part 1 now of fort laramie at the gallop Raymond Burr as Captain Lee Quince. Specially transcribed tales of the dark and tragic ground of the wild frontier. The saga of fighting men who rode the rim of empire. And the dramatic story of Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry. Never seen the sense of it. Scrubbing day after day, putting clean clothes on the dirty army. It's a way to earn a keep. Uh, every woman marries a man earns a keep. Night and day, it's all earning. Not today, yes. Don't start on that talk again today. Now, I plumb forgot about your delicate conditions, Stella Merchant. I need be minding my manners more. It's just I ain't used to running into royalty on Soapside's row. Honest, I ain't. I didn't mean to start you off, S. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, are you? 
Well, you're sorry looking, I'll say that for you. <laughs> Another day or two and you won't be able to stand in the same room with your washboard. All right, yes, all right. It's a wash tub now, Yar. <laughs> Couldn't you just be quiet? Think what you will, but keep it to yourself. Uh, enjoying yourself, ladies? Having a fine social hour, are you? Oh, Fanny, it's her. Look at her. Can you tell by looking she's a regular queen? I'm doing the best I can. If you'd let me be, if you wouldn't go at me so much... Now, you listen to me, Stella Merchant, and hear what I say. Fanny, don't. Don't shake me. I'll do what need be. You're not earning your pay. Now you get some elbow grease behind that scrubbing or I'll send you packing with no pay for the month. You wouldn't do that, Fanny. We need the money with the baby coming. We need every cent, Fanny. Then earn it. <laughs> Scrub. That's the way you get money around here. Please, Fanny. Please. Don't. She's going white, Fanny. Ah, ninny. If I could just get some air. Just a little air. Well, now, a little air. Oh, that's what you'll have, Fanny. Right before our eyes, you don't get her out of here. All right, Stella. Grab a hold one side this clothes basket. You'll get all the air you need hanging clothes outside. I said grab a hold. All right. Not qu quite so fast, Fanny. Yeah, you're moving like coal molasses now. Carry your weight, Stella. They ain't some nice shade trees for you. Maybe a hammock. Ain't you the shape for a hammock, though? Oh, maybe I shouldn't try. I thought I could work right up to the very day the baby came. Other women do. You ain't other women. You've no cause to talk to me like you do, Fanny. You and S. I never give you cause. You never give me nothing but an awful bellyache. Combing and bathing and making pretty for the men. For my man, Fanny. That's it, is it? You're so full of lying sweet talk you believe yourself. I thought we could all be friends. Out here, so far from home, all of us. I thought we could help each other. You're long on help, ain't you? Everybody help. Everybody be happy. Well, you be happy, Stella. Like you're so willing to tell anything to be near Billy. Happy to earn your keep washing filth. Happy to bury his young and happy, happy, happy. I love Billy, Fanny. Love? Ha! You don't understand. You really don't understand. Well, I never realized that till now. It's the young as don't understand. Did you never love Luke? Even then? When you were young? Did you never love him, Fanny? Hang the clothes. It would be awful if you didn't love. You'll get no pay for John and taking the air like you are. You keep saying you need the money, we'll earn it. I will, Fanny. I will earn it. And glad to. And see you keep that glad stuff to yourself. You and your love and the life you feel kicking in you. I've buried more young'uns than you'll ever have. Oh, I'm sorry. 
truly sorry, Fanny. Don't you never be sorry for me. till it cut through the range there. We left it and went cross-country west and north to a point about here. Mm. It's almost to Medicine Bow River. I think there are main camps on the Medicine Bow. But you ran into other camps along the way? Mm-hmm. Old camps, Major. Yeah, the information you got from the settlers in the area would point to that. No Cheyenne in their vicinity since last fall. Isn't that the word? And no army patrol since last fall. That follows? To me, it does. The settlers have spent the winter in peace since the Cheyenne ran off their horses last fall. The cavalry sends out one small patrol in the late spring, and the Cheyenne mysteriously reappear. But not in numbers. All right. Cheyenne scouts, eight of them. You could have killed them at any time you were following them. Yeah, just about. Only they were leading us, Major. There's a difference. Only because you were willing to be led. It was our business, reconnaissance. You don't kill eight scouts who are leading you into a trap. Hmm. Of course you don't, if you're sure it's a trap. Look, for two days, if we didn't keep pace with them, they waited for us. Morning of the third day, they cut off into a canyon that leads straight to the medicine bowl like we were leading a charge behind them. I know an ambush when I see one. And you don't ride into them with ten men behind you. I don't ride into them with a company behind me. All right, Captain. I'm... Uh... I'm sorry, Major. We rode all night. You rode all night for three nights. I know that, Lee. I want you to get some rest. I'd like to finish my report, sir. It can wait till morning. I don't think so. All right, Lee. Let's get it all said. I don't like it this way, but one of us has to get a good night's sleep. I'll sleep fine, Major. I will, too, once this is over. Now, from your report, you seem convinced the Cheyenne have their main camp on the medicine bow. I get the impression you think they're getting restless. They'll have to move somewhere. That country had about one winter's good hunting left in it. They've had that. If they haven't raided since fall, you're right. We could stop them before they start. They'll move north, maybe as far north as the Montana Territory. Why not south? Other tribes, Utes, Apaches. The Cheyenne would rather face the white man. I know. Now, you're bleeding me pretty dry, Major. How's that? I got a feeling I'm mapping a campaign I'm not going to be part of. You just finished the toughest part of a campaign. A lot of men can lead a charge who can't do successful reconnaissance. Major, I want Captain. You're assigned to quarters till 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Who's going to replace me, Major? I am. Huh. All right. Be a fool to question that choice. Yes, you would. That's all, Captain. Dismissed. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, Major, who's going to replace you? Me? Yeah, here, as post commander. You are. Any questions? No, sir. No questions. Thank you.
You hear the quality of that, Lisa? That's because it's a master recording of Fort Laramie. This is called Sergeant Gorse's Baby, starring Raymond Burr, who later played Perry Mason on TV, of course. He was also Ironside. You remember those shows? Sure, I do. You remember do. watching those of shows? Of course I do. You remember watching them, Mike? Did you watch no, Ironside? No, I'm too young. No. I did watch Ironside, but <laughs> I'm only I didn't in my 20s, like man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he was right. You know, there's um, there's quite a few publications out books about Raymond Burr. People that have been you know interviewed. They said he was the nicest guy. He always was trying to help people. You know, all these people that were in his radio shows, he employed them on Perry Mason. He would say, look, I worked with this actor. You know, they were great on the radio. They can do this part on TV. He was he would he was just one of those kind of guys, you know, like me. Right. You know. Yeah. That would just help just help everyone. Help everyone. Employ yeah. everyone. You know, Very help. generous. Right. You know. Uh-huh. Uh, no no but really and truly i mean i've i've heard all kinds of great things about raymond burr how much uh how what a sweet guy he was and tried to help people uh and that's great to hear that you know it is really really and truly um so we're listening to raymond burr as uh, sergeant uh or captain captain not sergeant captain lee quince of fort laramie we'll get back to this broadcast from 1956 uh, in just a few minutes, so stick around. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. I can't wait for people to hear episode 13 of, of radio, radio Rarities. Rarities. Yeah, I'm not going to say what it is. I knew that was coming. But, yeah, we've done 16 of them. Mike uh, confirmed that. But episode 16 is really... You just said 13. I'm sorry. You're right. Episode 13 is really interesting. Um, they're all interesting. Yeah, they are. They're all really, really they're interesting. But really um, that's a that's a very, a very interesting show because um, it's the only one. I mean, it was on the air for like I'm not going to say what it is, but it was on the air for. All right, I'll say what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to play. Was typical. So we're playing an epi- on episode 13 of Radio Rarities. It's a show called Satan's Waiting, and it's a lot like The Whistler. And um, this was a short-lived series. I think it was a summer replacement for some episodes, some series. 
And um, it was like, you know, the Prince of Darkness himself was the host, right? So some creepy sounding guy, you know, played uh, this part, you know, Satan's waiting for you to screw up, you know what I mean? To mess up. And it was a lot like the Whistler, and we talk about it in the in the episode. But the interesting thing about it is there was like maybe 20 episodes. None exist. It is the only one that we have ever found, and it's in great quality. Um, and it has some terrific stars in it as well. And we give you all the background on it and yep. what happened about it and who created it and what happened to him, which was not good. Right. Um, and and we, we talk about it before the show. We play the show and then have some additional conversation after the show to really put it all together and wrap things up. Yeah. And what's really great is we actually play the show right. that we're talking about within the 35 minutes. So, um, yeah, hope you are enjoying Radio Rarities if you do get the podcast or if you're a classic radio club member and um we'd love we love hearing from you we've gotten a lot of very nice feedback yeah we'd love to have you listen to radio rarities and uh, let us know what you think and what you like and what you think could be improved because carl can always use some improvement oh yeah Mm -hmm. well that's that's (laughs) that's an understatement uh yeah all right we're listening to fort laramie i love this show it's a great series this was produced by norman mcdonald who also produced gunsmoke um and i think have gun will travel as well and this series depicted the life at fort laramie in the mid 1800s that was very realistic even the all the guns they used the actual guns that would have been used at that time they would take it they took them out into the field and they shot them and recorded them so i mean you know really and truly they um you know norman mcdonald was a stickler he wanted to make sure it was super authentic as he did with Gunsmoke as well. So hope you're enjoying this, uh, called uh, Sergeant Gorse's Baby. Here's the conclusion now to Fort Laramie. You can't see by that light, Stella. Fine enough for this little bit of hand-stitching, Billy. Well, best you rest yourself a while. Come on, sit in the doorway with me. <laughs> in a while, honey. Well, it's a fine night, Stella. Slice of moon, nice bit of breeze off the sweet clover. Mm, I can smell it from here. It's like home, ain't it, Billy? Well, it is home, still. Only one we ever had together. You ever think of it? Maybe some engine and his score setting like we are tonight. Looking out at the stars. Talking about the papoose they're going to have in no time at all. <laughs> Billy Merchant. How you think of things like that? <laughs> they come to me. Well, don't they come to you? You know they do. It's part of what we have together, you and me. But that's not a man thought, is it? <laughs> How you sound like Luke and Joe. Sweet Billy, they call me. It's just because I notice a sky or a flower. Don't you mind them, Billy? No, I don't. I don't mind them. Like you don't mind fanning Yes. Why you say it that way? Because that's the way it is, Stella. Feeling folks like us, we feel too much sometimes. We let folks get to us. Rub us wrong, maybe. Maybe hurt us some. I love you. 
Sure. I said we were feeling folks. Oh, Billy. Billy. When are you going to have that baby still? Soon, honey. As soon as I can. It's a hard time for you. I know that. Not too hard, Billy. You're fretting something. You got some pain? No, not real pain. Like a catch, you know. Not often enough to matter. It wouldn't be right to lie to me, honey. I don't lie to you. Ever. (laughs) Just sometimes you don't tell me all the truth, ain't that it? You're feeling folks, too. You ought to know good as me. Yeah. Yeah, I ought to. You're fretting some, Billy Merchant. That's who's fretting around here. Well, a man's going to be a father has all the rights. You know, they do say some men take on worse than women folk. You know that, Stella? Swimmy-headed morning times like that? Mm, that ain't what's troubling you. No. No, it ain't. No, it sure ain't. How many times I asked you to give up your work at the laundry? You mean how many times today you ask me? Yeah, and always you tell me it's what you gotta do, no matter what. It is, Billy. It's the same with me, Stella. I got my work to do, no matter what. Now, then I ain't asked you to give up being a trooper. I declare, I don't know what B Company do without you. I ain't drawed nothing but garrison duty for more than a month now. I just ain't gonna last. Billy? On stable detail today. We were sure ready in those mounts for something more than a parade ground, Stella. You got orders to move out? No, ma'am. No, but Captain Quince's patrol come back on the post today. And when reconnaissance comes back, we just gotta be moving out. Be nice if you's wrong, Billy. We gotta face up to it, Stella. You might just got to have that baby without me. I sure never planned that way. If it had to be, would you want to try to make it back home? To my ma? Sure. Why, Billy Merchant, that'd take every cent we own and then some. I ain't thinking of that. Well, then you think about it right now. Only don't take the bother. If they was money, they ain't time. Stella... Still, I, I want to be with you more than anything I could name. But I can't ask the favor of a leave. You understand that? You got your work to do, Billy. No matter what. Come in. Captain Quince, sir. Sergeant? I must have took a wrong turn, sir. I was told to report to the office of the post commander. Close the door, Sergeant. Yes, sir. Now, sit down, Gores. And, Gores, any time you want to get rid of that stupid grin, you can. Yes, sir. You look powerful big behind that desk. 
Yeah, too big for the desk. Maybe too small for the job. You'll do what you gotta do, Captain. I was thinking more that we'd do what I gotta do, Gorse. You was? Major Daggett tells me that Sergeant Pearson takes a big load off him sitting at that desk outside. Well, he ain't sitting out there now. He's getting his equipment together, fixing to move out with Major Daggett after Reveille tomorrow morning. Captain Quince. He'll need a good briefing, Sergeant Pearson will. Well, I'd like to volunteer to... Good. That saves me an order, Sergeant. To go with B Company as a special scout. And when you've finished briefing him, he can fill you in on the details of his desk job. One of us ain't listening, Captain. It's a side of the Army we don't know much about, Gorse. Time we did. You being in charge and all, you think you could arrange a quick transfer for us, maybe the infantry? Better find Sergeant Pearson. Tell him all you know. Yes, sir. Now, that'd be my job, wouldn't it? Till we get swinging doors. Guess it is. Lieutenant Seibert, sir. Sergeant? Captain Quinn, sir? Oh, come in, Mr. Seibert. Your duty begins in an hour, Sergeant. Yes, sir. With the captain's permission, I'd like to offer congratulations, sir. You came here for a briefing, Mr. Seibert. I understand that. Sit down. Yes, sir. You familiar with the Horseshoe Creek area? Oh, yes, sir. That map you're using... The map's wrong. Well, I drew that map, Captain. Then you're wrong. Horseshoe Creek does not feed from the Medicine Bow River. No, sir. From the Little Medicine Bow. Not by 20 miles, Mr. Seibertz. 20 miles of twisting canyon through the Laramie Range. That's this line here. Horseshoe Creek is east of the range. Medicine Bow and the Little Medicine Bow are to the west. They do not join. Well, they must have once, sir. It's like a riverbed all through the floor of that canyon. They didn't join last fall when you drew this map. You mean the waters didn't join the riverbeds, did? Mr. Seibert's a cavalry company moves with water. Water points a course of travel, a campsite. I know that, sir. Do you? Captain Quince, that's the first country I ever charted, the first map I ever drew. Well? It's not an excuse, sir. Sounds like one, Mr. Seibert's. What I mean... Seeing it was my first real attempt and all, I never thought that we'd be using that map to campaign by. We're not. That's good. You bet it's good, Mr. Seibert's good and lucky. I pulled this map out of the Major's files last night to study it. I spent the rest of the night drawing up a proper map. Here, Mr. Seibert's. You tear it up. Thank you, Captain. Don't thank me. Remember it. Remember it good. And then forget it. Captain Quince... I've already forgotten it, Mr. Seibert's. See him now, merchant. Whatever it is, it's got to wait. Babies don't wait, Sergeant. Trouble here, men? No trouble, Captain. Captain Quince, sir, I'd like That's to... That's enough, trooper. Company B's forming fours in the parade ground, merchant. Yes, sir, Captain. But what I'd No like to... buts about it. Captain Quince, I respectfully request permission for an in... Can I please get a hearing from you, sir? Captain, don't conduct no hearings this time of day, trooper. It's all right, Gorse. Let's have it, merchant. And quick. Oblige, sir. Any time now, any little minute, I'm going to have a baby, Captain. Well... Sergeant, my respects to Major Daggett. Tell him Trooper Merchant will be on the parade ground in two minutes. Yes, sir. I met my wife, Captain. Stella. She's having the baby. I'm glad to hear that, Merchant. Now, seeing it's her first, sir, and 
her being alone. I mean, no kinfolk nearby to help or lend a hand. I hope you're not asking me for leave, trooper. No. No, no, sir. I mean to move out with the company. You'll move out with the company. You'll have nothing on your mind but the Cheyenne. I know what you mean, sir. Then all we got to settle is what you mean, merchant. Well, sir, it, it pleased me to tell Stella that the post-surgeon was on hand to tend after her. And, and the baby, too, when it comes. Well, that, that eased her some, sir. Well? It'd ease me some if you was pleased to tell me I was telling Stella all the truth. The post-surgeon's leaving with B Company, merchant. I see, sir. Your wife in your quarters now? No, sir. No, she's working in the laundry. Well, uh, we're holding things up, Merchant. Yes, sir. And thanks for hearing me out. Merchant, you know that I... Merchant, women have babies every day. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll sure try to look on it that way, sir. Good luck, Trooper. Look at that Luke. Never was a man so glad to leave his woman. There's one as glad, right next to him. Joe, beaming and smirking, grates on my nerves sometimes seeing that brother face engine arrows in us. Well, I ain't grieving nothing myself. Luke's been home a month. Hmm, a good month. Good and long, that's a fact. I know what you're thinking, as. Oh, you sure? You'll be to yourself. All to yourself. That's pure blessing. <laughs> you know it is, Fanny. Oh, they haven't gone yet. I was most afraid they'd be gone. Well, now, look who's managing a brave little smile. She don't know enough to laugh, as hair no mine. I, I don't see Billy. Could you just point out Billy to me? Use your young eyes. No matter you don't see him. He couldn't stand a chance of missing you, popping clean into the parade grounds the way you are. Could be your sweet Billy's in trouble. He was late for formation. And he come out of headquarters with Captain Quince himself. You can't fret me, Fanny. Say what you will, the two of you, you can't fret me. There ain't nobody can fret me no more. There they go. Only stirring sight they is, bands a-playing and flags a-flying. And men leaving. Would you, if you see him, point out Billy to me? I declare I can't see him yet. Well, you're not likely to yet. Them's officers up front. Major Daggett and that Lieutenant Cybert. Uh, who's that other and riding atwixt them? Well, I declare that's Major Trox. Now, you don't see him riding off every day. Wonder who's tending the hospital with him a-going. Who's... Who's Major Trucks? You mean you don't know the post-surgeon when you see him? Post-surgeon Lee? Well, you didn't think he'd stay here to look after Ewan's now, did you? He must not have known. Billy wouldn't have said if he'd known. Billy? Billy? Don't you worry none now, Billy. Not a worry. 
Oh, come on, S, for this turns my stomach good. I'll get the door for you, Captain. You sure this is where she lives? It's merchants, all right. Turn the bed down, of course. Yes, sir. Might stuffy in here. I'll get that window. And some water, Gorse. She's limp as a rag. Yes, sir. She's just like I found her, Captain. Keeled over in her tracks. A little water on her face, maybe a little brightener. She's breathing quiet enough. Too quiet, Captain? I don't mm. think so. thinks you're her husband, Captain. Big mistake. Here, here ma'am. You uh, drink a little water. You, you come around. I don't know. You? No, ma'am. You're in my quarters, and I don't... I don't know you. No sense giving her a fright, Captain. I'll just go along. You leave me, I... Gorse. I'll throw you right in the stockade. Yes, sir. Now, take her hands, Gorse. Oh. Take her hands. Hold them. Oh. oh. Yes, sir. Oh, I guess. You know, I'm going to have a baby. I, oh. I guess you're about oh. as right as you can be, ma'am. Oh. Ahead, Captain. Go ahead and what? Hit it. Hit it? It's a girl. No matter. You're supposed to hit it one on its sit-down. Mm. Yeah, that's right. It's the first right move we made. Now, now don't cry, little girl. Don't you cry. You'll wake your ma. Don't worry, Gorse. I don't think her ma'd mind. Fort Laramie is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald and stars Raymond Burr as Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry, with Vic Perrin as Sergeant Gorse. The script was specially written for Fort Laramie by Kathleen Height, with sound patterns by Bill James and Ray Kemper, musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Featured in the cast were Jack Moyles and Harry Bartell, with Virginia Gregg, Dick Crenna, Helen Klebe, and Ann Morrison. Company tension. Dismiss.
Next week, another transcribed story of the Northwest Frontier and the troopers who fought under Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry. That's Fort Laramie, May 27th, 1956. Sergeant Gorse's Baby, starring Raymond Burr, is heard on CBS. Time for this month in music history. So we're going back to the 1950s. This particular song came out in 1957. Huh, huh, huh. Uh-huh. Going to a party you don't know the words, do you? So, Carl, this was recorded by. This was recorded by. Carl Amari. And. Elvis Presley. And it was for the film. Jailhouse Rock. There you go. RCA Victor. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. RCA Victor released the song on a 45 single yeah, in I September of 1957 is the first single from the film soundtrack. What a song. I had this 45. I do too. It's hard not to dance with this song. Deal You're gonna? Show. How do you spell gonna? G-U-N-N-A. That's what I thought. <laughs> More of Hollywood 360 after this. <laughs> More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, it's a detective episode of Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator. From 1955. But first, we're going to need a Hollywood 360 listener to play Name That Tune, right, Lisa? That's right. It's all Olivia Newton-John songs to honor Olivia Newton-John. I don't Olivia know Newton any John. of them. Any Olivia well, Newton-John then, songs. You know what? This will be easy for the callers. So <laughs> give us a call if you are a fan of Olivia Newton-John. You can be on the air. Play the game. 312-642-5600. 312-642-5600. Looking for caller number seven. We'll see you soon. Hi everyone, this is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me, listen now, search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.